0: You're listening to the Feminine Business School Podcast, and I'm your host Ainsley Young. My work is all about creating a wildly pleasurable and successful business without burning out your body and selling out your soul. I'm also really passionate about ditching the cookie cutter marketing strategies and finding what feels good to you when it comes to marketing. Join me as we talk all things online business, feminist marketing strategies, feminine embodiment, conscious leadership and pleasurable productivity hit subscribe now and let's get started and to learn the secret to fitting more pleasure into each day while ticking off your to-dos download my free pleasure and productivity weekly planner head to startingwitha.com slash opt-in Welcome to the Feminine Business School podcast. I am very excited because this is our first guest for Season 3, and we have an incredible guest. We have Charlotte Ponto, who is an internationally award-winning certified cycle and feminine embodiment coach, menstrual educator, host of the Wildflow podcast, and founder and facilitator of First Moon Circles. Charlotte guides women, girls and cyclic beings to understand and honour their menstrual cycle and nature's seasons around us so they can live and work cyclically in sync with their menstrual cycle instead of fearing and fighting against it, which I just love. She shares tips on cyclic living, cycle self-care and rite of passage healing and is on a mission to minimise menstrual shame and create period and cycle positive cultures in families, schools, workplaces and communities. As founder and program director of the First Moon Circles facilitator training, Charlotte leads a globally recognized program and community of over 60 menstrual educators who do period education differently. Weaving together science, the sacred and sisterhood, First Moon Circles educate, prepare, celebrate and honor children aged 9 to 12 to feel confident about puberty and beginning their menstrual cycles. Charlotte was named international coach of the year 2021-2022 and is a two-time finalist in the beautiful youth coaching awards for her first moon circles work what an incredible bio what an incredible body of work so welcome to the podcast Charlotte
1: oh thank you so much James that was really cool to hear back Wow.
0: I I was saying to Charlotte before we started the podcast, when I started reading her bio and she sent it through, I really did get tingles. I was like, holy cow, like this is incredible. So I'm so glad that it felt good having that reflected back to you. Let's get stuck into your body of work. Your body of work is incredible and I know it has been evolving and going deeper and wider over the last few years but I'd love to hear like how you kind of got into coaching and menstrual cycle awareness work and if you can share more about what actually is menstrual cycle awareness that'd be a really great place to start.
1: Yeah thank you for a great question. How did I get into coaching? About four years ago or so, I was having my second child and we left Sydney. We moved about two hours south and I'd got a job that hadn't been lighting me up. And I had this really clear knowing that I was really excited for my maternity leave because it meant I wouldn't be going back to work for a while, which just told me everything I needed to know. Really, I needed to find something that lit me up and felt like a calling and something that also suited me as a mum to have freedom and flexibility and i did some training to be a youth mentor on the shine from within program originally and it started holding women's circles as well and really felt this deep calling to give something that i think i had been missing both as a young person and then as a new mum just that feeling of disconnection to myself and who I was and to community and support and that feeling of just doing life the hard way by myself. And when I actually became pregnant with my third child, so fast forward a little while, because they're quite close in age together, I think that was when I really decided that I was going to do coaching. I'd sort of been resisting working with women. I wasn't sure why. It was this feeling of, is that for me? i don't know what it was there was definite resistance and when i found the beautiful you coaching academy and their founder julie parker it was really calling me it was something i didn't really know much about but it was just a deep calling a deep knowing so i did that while i was pregnant like i say the third time and that was the point when my business changed into coaching i would say full-time but i don't work full-time but you know it was my sole thing i didn't go back to work after that and it was just an instant oh wow i can do this I enjoy this, this lights me up so much, I've got everything that I wanted out of it really quite quickly but that impact of holding space for others, it was that foundational skill set as well that I really bought into all of the work I was doing. So I began doing life coaching for mothers, um, looking at who am I post-motherhood, you know that way that we don't support women through that rite of passage. At the time, I didn't really have that language, but now I really do. One of the things that I really work on with women and with children, it's about support through rites of passage. And there was a very clear sense that I hadn't had the support through each of my births. Each of those rebirths as well as a human, as a woman, as a mother, that I felt are very different after each one and each one kind of deepened me into really who I am and what my purpose is and what my values are and how I want to live and work and feel in my everyday life. So that was the start of it and I remember some of my very first clients were talking about menstrual cycle awareness. And I'd been reading and starting to learn about this myself. And I didn't think much of my menstrual cycle or my womb at all until I wanted to have a child. That was the first time I thought it had a different purpose other than just being an inconvenience. Something that was painful, that was messy, that made me weak as well as a person who was bleeding. And the mess and inconvenience and the shame that's around that, that I lived with and didn't know that I was living with. So, when I wanted to become a mum, this is whole other aspect. this is whole reproductive side of things, and this is thing called ovulation, which is when the egg is released from your ovaries, and actually that's the main point of the menstrual cycle, and that's what I was striving for was to start ovulating after coming off the contraceptive pill. That sort of opened my eyes a little bit, but it wasn't until I started reading books and people around me started talking about menstrual cycle awareness. And I had a couple of clients who were bringing it to me as well. And I was like, what is this? What is this? Like, I need to know more, you know, and I have a biology degree, right? So I know what the menstrual cycle is from a physical, biological, hormonal function. But this whole other aspect that menstrual cycle awareness is, is the fact that we have this inbuilt cycle within us and each phase of the menstrual cycle, because there are four and they're driven by hormones. And that's what we learn about the hormonal profile. And this is what you need to know if you're going to know anything. It's kind of that. There's no education about the fact that we've got these four different energies that come with these changing hormones and the fact that it can actually be a positive thing and it can actually hold potential and powers and opportunities and gifts, self care, who we are, self love and compassion. And we can use it as well in all kinds of ways to fuel the way we live and really for me it's a spiritual practice of breaking away from a linear capitalist patriarchal hustle hustle go 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 the cycle teaches us which is just like the seasons of the earth you know spring summer autumn winter the moon changes it goes from dark to bright and then dark again the menstrual cycle teaches us in our bodies It's an embodied experience of the value in not just the yang energy of doing and producing creating planning action there's so much value in the other half of the cycle which is that return the descent from the peak going into that quieter reflective letting go like autumn is when the trees drop their leaves And then even that stillness and that darkness and that rest, like a hibernation of the menstrual phase of the cycle. And when we learn that, it's a bit like, what are you talking about? What is this? Really? Is that even possible? Is that a thing? But when we start to connect with how we feel, how our energy changes and learn about the possibilities of each part of our cycle, it suddenly opens up this whole world where it's like, well, actually I do feel differently at different times and that's okay. That's where the self-love and self-compassion and self-awareness comes in. So my coaching has really evolved from that point of learning about that. I niched down, I specialized I did a cycle coach training where I learned a lot more about how to guide clients, women to connect with their cycles. But I, having a background of not having that many menstrual cycles for a good while being pregnant and breastfeeding for so long, I had learned to attune to the other rhythms, like the earth seasons, the moon cycle, for example, as a way of remembering to value the cycle, remembering not to just get stuck in that yang, go, go, go. And so I was helping people, and I do help people who are pregnant and journeying through that and helping them to feel empowered and prepared in their rite of passage and coming into a different relationship with their womb, with people who are coming off the pill or are wanting to understand their menstrual cycle on a deeper level, who are wanting to use it for creativity and in business as well, as relationships and just even a, a personal practice. So it's a really powerful way of coming home to yourself and embracing all parts of you. And more recently I've been doing the feminine embodiment coaching, which I just love and has given me some really beautiful tools to drop into that process of loving and accepting ourselves and deconditioning from all the ways that we are taught to reject our body, our cycle, and to live and work in that hustle capitalist culture.
0: Yeah, oh, so many different tangents we can go down with your response there. But first, I love that motherhood was the gateway for you to move out of more of a biological understanding of what your cycle is and the opportunities around embracing these four different seasons and energies and seeing them as an opportunity and becoming more embodied. Like I feel like when you're working with your cycle, it's such a great signal that you are having that deeper connection with your body. And similar to yourself, it wasn't until I'd had my child that my desire to actually have an understanding of my cycle came from desperation because what i am doing is not sustainable it's go 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 as you said how we've been socialized from the patriarchy that we're worthy if we are doing more being more being so productive that is our metric of success and when i learned about menstrual cycle awareness and that there are these different seasons it was this sense of relief but also opportunity oh my gosh, I don't have to be switched on 24-7 and being in this productive nature all of the time. It's just not natural. And I love that you share that in your own experience. And I think this is a really good opportunity, actually, to move into a question around, well, I've had so many clients and I was one of them too, saying like, why didn't we learn about this sooner? Why didn't we know about this? So I'd love to hear from your perspective, like what are the barriers to not only women but men or all humans about knowing about menstrual cycle awareness and the power of it?
1: Mm, this is a really big question, and I'm really glad that you asked and that I can answer this because, yeah, it's patriarchy, <laughs> a simple explanation. So what it is is thousands of years ago and in traditional cultures still, we used to live and be in relationship with the earth and with the menstrual cycle of women as a kind of fertility omen almost. So the earth would have been farmed and tended to seasonally for survival because they knew what the earth's rhythms were. They knew when to plant and when to harvest and when to store and how to pick the best seed to go through winter and how to start again. And there was real reverence for each of the points around the wheel of the year. There's these eight celebrations, which really marked the turning of the seasons, the changing of the year, and each milestone had its own theme had its own time to do a certain thing to sustain the community. And women who menstruated were greatly revered as the personification of the goddess of the earth, of this life giving force. And there was a lot of respect, a lot of care, a lot of attention given to what women would intuit in their menstrual phase, when in their bleeding time, it's like their moon time. was generally synced under the full moon which speaks to our brains and directs our hormones so we don't have that much today in industrialized world where there's a lot of light and it's 24 7 it's disrupted that natural rhythm so there was a lot of power in that and we really lost that first of all when people came from across the land on horseback warriors And they were the first people to really seek to take over, to invade, to conquer, to claim land. And before it had been quite peaceful, earth-loving people. After that, we had the rise of the religions that we have today. And it was all about taking back and giving power redistributing power away from these communities and into male God worshiping religious cultures where power was actively taken away from reverence for the feminine, the female, the goddess, the menstruating people. Everything was kind of converted to worshiping this male form. So over the years, we've had all of the people who knew this ancient wisdom of the power of menstruation and reverence for the cycle have been disempowered, oppressed, killed we had witch trials and burnings over the years you know a witch is somebody really who is just deeply in tune with their body with the cycle with the earth the cosmos who just has that spiritual connection so it's been shamed and it's been very dangerous to have that connection to speak about it women were taught to turn on each other and out each other and over thousands of years we have collectively forgotten this knowledge It's become something that's been very shamed and become very much taboo culturally around the world, depending where people live. And if anyone does follow a religious faith, it's taboo. If you're bleeding, you can't touch food, you can't enter temple, you can't join in with certain things. And even in the West, it's like, we don't tell, do we? We don't speak. We have to keep it quiet. We certainly can't tell the men or the boys in our life don't really talk about it, it's very shameful. It's something that children are growing up fearing, having their periods. And it seems fair to say that a lot of women are nervous about how to support their child through this initiation into their menstrual cycle because they didn't have it. So what do they do? So collectively, we're just in this place of being really disconnected and disembodied in general. Our feelings are not valued. It's not about what we need. It's about what can we do? What can we bring? What can we offer in terms of productivity? That's how we're valued. And people who are menstruating, if our energy is lower, if people have pain, even. It's a time of the cycle when, like I said, that hibernation and reset time, we're not allowed to do that. That's considered female and weak and women have learned at work to deny that they have a hormonal cycle, they might be bleeding, even the fact that there might be mothers have life going on. In the workplace it's just switch off, numb out and do your job. And it all feeds into it. Schools don't really have a policy of supporting children to go to the toilet when they need to. It's like asking permission and why, why do you need to go? There's just no reverence for it anymore at all. It's really sad, it really makes me quite angry. Which is why I do what I do. I think I have a lived experience of that. Nearly all of us do. But I think once you really start to connect in with your cycle now, there's a grief and there's a bit of anger about, like, well, why did I not learn this before? And it's because our culture, the world, the time that we're in now just has no value, no appreciation for it whatsoever. But we are remembering, we are coming back. And it is a remembering. It is something that once you learn about it, you're like, ah, oh, yes. Exactly.
0: Uh, That was a big question. As you got into it, I'm like, well, that was a really big question with a big answer. We could have a whole podcast episode about that. But I think like, as you were saying, that is why you do the work. And I was thinking, thank goodness, that is why you are doing this work. Because I think everybody's actions, even if they're small, creates collective change. So for me, just like everybody, there was a lot of shame around periods, speaking about it, And now I just don't care. I will say to my husband, no, we can't do that social activity because I'm gonna have my period. Like that just won't feel good. The way that I structure my business and I, you know, you're the same in terms of really honoring each of the seasons. And it's important for me because I have a daughter. And I want her to see this as a powerful opportunity that she has, because like you said, thanks to the patriarchy, it's disconnected us from our power, being embodied and being revered as goddesses if we're menstruating or just honouring the cycle. So it's really important for as many people as possible to work through that shame. And that's where the embodiment piece is so critical and talk about it to normalise it because that's when we're going to see change. Like in schools, you brought back so many memories of like being at school and not wanting to ask to go to the toilet because it was going to be made into a big deal and then the stress and the anxiety and all of that tension that we will be embodying and how it's so detrimental to our health, all the different layers of our body. Like these things that we might feel quite small They're really big and they're avoidable through the work that you do. So we've got this theme now of power. Working with your cycle is so powerful. So I'd love to hear what are the benefits of being in tune with your menstrual cycle and weaving it into your life and your business? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Mm, Yeah, this is a practice that I'm still refining. I think it's just an ongoing practice. It sort of evolves and I think that's the beauty of it first of all it feels like an embodied mindfulness practice it brings me to the moment like where am I in my cycle how am I feeling what's that like for me and what do I need and what am I feeling capable of what do I want to do what do I not want to do and can I just give myself grace for that and know that there will be a time in the cycle for that particular thing even if it's not right now so it really feeds into a self-care practice and a spiritual practice. It feeds into my relationship with my husband and my children, for sure, (laughs) and it feeds into my business. So the benefits are really that we have that self-awareness. We know what we're feeling, what would feel good to us, and a huge understanding of, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like I've been feeling this and thinking this. Let me check where I am in my cycle. Oh, there we go. That makes sense. So if each season has got an energy and an archetype, and the simplest way is to use, you said, inner seasons, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. So if winter is like the menstrual phase, it's that time of softness and hibernation and resetting, recalibrating, visioning as well, like a beautiful time for... You know, sowing the first seeds, I love that gardening metaphor as well. If you think about seeds and plants and how that's the time when we've cleared the beds of everything that's old and got rid of everything that's had its time. And it's the start of a new cycle. And I love to do this in my work. Instead of setting myself the world's biggest to-do list, I go, well, what do I want to take through this cycle? Which one, two projects are my priorities? What's got its time now? and that is where I will pour my energy into. And it might be completed in that one cycle, it might not, it might be a longer term thing. But what I do is I put all my other ideas into my pot and I keep it and I come back to it at the start of the next cycle and I revisit and I'm like, right, okay, where am I at? What's important? That just helps me to not start tripping myself up with, ha, 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 overwhelm, all the things to do, no time to do it, trying to focus on too many things. It helps me to direct my energy. So that's just one simple benefit that I think it's just a powerful reframe. I love looking at the year. That's another cycle. So we've got all these different cycles within the cycles and you can work with all of them or just some of them. We've got the daily cycle, the morning, the afternoon and the evening and nighttime. We've got the week, the month, menstrual cycle, the seasons, the quarters of the year. And we've got the annual cycles as well. So, you know you might pick things that work for any of those cycles, but it's about coming back to what feels good for you, what feels right and aligned, not just doing things just because you've got ideas. So this menstrual phase of the cycle is a really good time for getting a lot of new ideas if you can be still if you don't have' an, a winter and you just race through and you're like, "I'm not stopping. Lunch is for wimps. I'm just gonna keep soldiering on. You're not living the cycle. The cycle, like I said, teaches us the value of letting go and that slowing down and that visioning and that checking in. And it's really important to do that so that you come up with the best ideas, sustain your energy, connect back to your intuition. And that's really helped me to grow my business. The other thing is that each phase, each season of the menstrual cycle has got different strengths. Spring is a really great time for once we come out of that bleeding time and our energy starts to pick back up, it's a really great time to start thinking about which one of these ideas that I've just had am I carrying into this cycle? What do I need to make this happen? And so you can start planning, that's the time for all your to-do lists. But having sat on that for a few days can give you a sense of clarity and let ideas drop in rather than just rushing with the first thing that comes to mind. So this is a good time for using that rising energy and vision a bit more and dream into possibilities. And there's a potential for this optimism as well. Like it's a fresh cycle, I'm back. You know, you've just gotta be careful not to go too hard because if you go too hard now, you're not gonna sustain yourself for the rest of the cycle. And that mid cycle is when ovulation happens, the egg is released from your ovary. If a cycle is on average 28 days, this will be halfway around the cycle, but your cycle can be much longer or shorter and still be in a normal range. So pinpointing when you feel like you're in this beautiful creative, it's like the peak energy and you can feel quite joyful, you can feel inspired. Everything's a bit easier. You might have more confidence. Resilience is a spring summer characteristic. So really tuning into what feels good for you at this time. Some people have a really strong feeling like this, of their inner summer and connecting with other people. It's like you're very magnetic at this time. They say there's nothing more attractive than an, an ovulating woman. But you know, biologically, pheromone-wise, that's right. So you can use that for connecting with clients or doing sales or hosting events when we might have a bit more energy and desire to be around other people and we have a kind of nurturing energy as well that's available to us. So really leaning into these gifts that can be there. But on the flip side, it can be a time of giving too much. So we always have to kind of watch not going too far. And then the autumn phase is about wrapping up, refining, evaluating, analyzing. I used to work in project management and I like to think of it as we've done the delivery and now we're in the evaluation phase. What went well, what didn't, we're wrapping up, we're tying up loose ends. It's that real completion. And you can use that critical energy that might come through. Some people experience it as an inner critic that can be very destructive and harmful. But if we can channel it and be like, okay, this presence is here, this energy is there to make me look really sharply at what's working and what's not, what are my boundaries? What do I want to pick up again? And what am I leaving behind in this cycle and not gonna take with me? So we can apply that and feel into it here. Again, it's about using it healthily and not being destructive in a way that's harmful to us or other people. And then we get back around to the menstrual phase, which is we've let go, we're resting and resetting and we're visioning for the next phase. So taking that approach into business, into projects, into creativity is really good for me. I think about how I'm different at holding space for clients across the seasons of my cycle. I try not to see clients in my bleeding time or podcast or do things that are kind of outwards Then, because my cycle is irregular as well. Like I can't always predict that. So, you know, in a perfect world, we'd have everything cycle synced, but I just don't think it's always practical. So just knowing what your unique cycle experience is like, if we can't sync everything up perfectly, we've still got an awareness of, okay, I'm going to have to do the thing, but here's what I'm going to do to buffer that. So we're still looking after ourselves. And then in terms of relationships and parenting, I've mentioned that there's real clear times when we wanna connect, when we have more resilience, more energy. Like naturally, parenting, connecting with a partner can be easier at these times, and it can be harder at other times. So for me, I lean into that when I've got the energy and that desire to play and have family trips and be a bit silly or you know, I've got high energy and I'm like, right family, we're doing this. I go with it, but when I don't feel like that and I'm like, just leave me alone and be quiet for God's sake. I have a lot of self-compassion. It's like, well, this is where I'm in my cycle and I communicate that. And it's like, I love you. I just need a bit of whatever. And bringing them into that conversation means they don't feel rejected and we don't get that disconnection. In fact, it's an opportunity for them to understand me, for me to understand myself and to balance it. So with my husband, I'm like, you take over here, and then I'll take over there. So it's really helped in that way as well.
0: Yeah, I think the awareness and the understanding is so powerful. And then creating boundaries around, you know, what you are available for during what season, what you're not, and then communicating them, like spreading the message is just huge. And Well, A, I love this cyclic approach to life and business because it's not linear. You know, the patriarchy, toxic masculinity would have us believe that everything is linear. But, you know, you explained all the many cycles that we can work with if we want to. And that provides, like you said, a fresh opportunity. Every month, every menstrual cycle, every moon phase, like there's something new that we can tap into. So it's never one and done. There's always opportunities to start again. But what you said about ovulation, around it is the time biologically we're most articulate and we're glowing and we're magnetic but there is that piece of but we can overgive and I've noticed for me again it comes to how we've been socialized by the patriarchy, that I get disappointed but that that's like the shortest period in the cycle. I'm like, why is it only a few days? You know, and all the work that I've done around deconditioning, but why can't it be longer? And it's been a real work in progress for me to really value, particularly autumn and winter. Like I've always valued winter, like since having Danthea, because it was that place where the more I looked after myself in the bleeding phase, the better the cycle was. But Autumn was always a bit of a challenge because that's when the shadow would come through, you know, the critical voice. But when I looked at it, I'm like, you know, this is like culmination, harvesting, and like you said, evaluating. And for me, that's when I get a lot of creative downloads are coming through and I'm actually really good at writing. So I create a lot of my content then, But I love that you point out the uniqueness of everybody's cycle and, you know, work with your cycle, but how there are shadow elements to it that we've got to be aware of. And the awareness is key because that helps us understand ourselves more rather than being critical of what's expected of us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some people absolutely love their autumn phase, that premenstrual phase and other people absolutely hate it and it rocks their world and it's just awful. But I think when we can reframe things as like you say, there are opportunities and gifts. There are also shadows. That awareness sets us up with the ability to really tune into what is true for me. How do I experience this and what's going on? Once we know, we can go like, aha, what's going on? What's this really about? and we can drop into that and i find that premenstrual shadows are like you said not setting yourself up very well during your bleed that is the start of the cycle how well you plant those seeds what part of the garden how much light and water and nourishment and what the temperature is and all of those things helps the seed grow right and it's the same with our bodies that's the reset how well we nurture ourselves and truly try and rest not just tell ourselves we're resting but kidding ourselves And it's hard to rest. It's hard. Like our culture does not value rest. There's a lot of shame about rest and how selfish it is to rest. And perhaps also a bit of martyrdom even can come up, especially as women, when we've got businesses, children, maybe partners, things going on, and we are conditioned to be everything for everybody and do everything. This is the time when it's like, we have to take an active stand and be like, no. So if we can't do that, the premenstrual phase can be a real shocker. And it can really be like an invitation to look at the boundaries you're holding, not just for other people, but for yourself and leaning into what does feel good? What are my gifts? Like you say, writing at that time and content creation. Absolutely. It might be that for somebody else, it might be absolutely the worst thing that they could think of doing at that time. It might feel like self doubt and judgment and like, oh my gosh, everything I'm writing is just rubbish. So again, connecting with what's true for you but knowing, you know, that old adage that we get taught, especially when we have children, this too shall pass. It's the same with the cycles, right? Every cycle is a fresh start. And if we can see it that way, it's just an invitation to be curious. What worked well, what didn't, doesn't mean I failed, doesn't mean I'm not good enough, doesn't mean anything. It's just information that we can go like, okay, so how do I want to do it differently next cycle? Yeah, exactly. It's that opportunity to try again.
0: Yeah, I think this also leads into my question around pleasure. And as you know, my business is like I center pleasure in everything that I do. And I'm curious, how do you bring pleasure into your life and into your business? And how do you go about
1: embodying it? Mm, beautiful. Beautiful love that you sent a pleasure. You've been a real inspiration to me to do this because I wasn't very good at it. I've got better, it's a real practice. But for me, I just don't believe that work has to be hard. I think it gets to be fun. I think it gets to be inspired and creative and juicy and not hustle at all. Like you say, I think it gets to be, if we want it to be, you know, like a spiritual practice in itself. So some of the things I like to do is once I get my kids out the door and they're off to school, like my husband's taking them, that's brilliant because they're out early. And if I've dropped them off, it's a bit later. But if I do not get home till like 9.45, I don't start freaking out about the time I've lost. And I still take time to look after myself, feed myself, hydrate myself, put some music on, light some candles move my body do whatever it is i need to help me drop into my presence dropping out of all the hustle that i've just been doing running around so i take my time and i don't buy into that fear and that stress of all the things to do and no time to do it one of the things I do is I think I'm in a season of life where I've got small children and I only have three days where they're all out the house and they are very short days, but one day will be a full five days and then one day they'll be out the house for good. That's where I'm at right now. And so I just kind of, for one thing, set myself up in that way, which just brings a lot more spaciousness and ease. When I'm working, I like to make decisions and move through my business and grow my business in a way I really tune into what feels good. <laughs> So I've noticed that I really need a bit of masculine structure and yang frameworks and strategy and organisation because I'm very much playing over in the feminine felt senses and flowing and like la 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 la, like creative, intuitive energy. So I do need that structure, but I much prefer to choose and make decisions and work from a place of what feels good, what makes sense, but what feels good. What feels good in my body and tuning into like what's the whole body yes and not oh but that's what i should do or that's how somebody else did it therefore that's right and that's the only path to success it's really about tuning into the difference between am i saying no out of fear or am i saying no because that's not aligned so i really try to bring in that sense and that feels pleasurable i'm choosing pleasure over external validation and shoulds So that's one thing for me. And then being in a cyclical approach means that I give myself pockets for tuning into what I'm feeling and what I need and prioritizing my self-care and to put some music on, especially in my premenstrual phase. And I like to kind of thrash it out and move my body in that intuitive inspired movement. That feels really good to me to get out some of that angst and tension that might be building up. And so I really prioritise movements, which just didn't used to be a thing for me. I just was like, what, what is that? But the embodiment work has been really powerful. And I trust that there's enough time for me and my needs and the other things that I need to do and the things that are going on. It could be mid-launch, but I'm just trying to reframe. It doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to be painful. Even if it feels big, how can I play, be playful? Oh. I've learned a lot from you, Ainsley.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I think it's really important to reiterate the importance of the seasons particularly with motherhood and the relationship to time because similar to you I went school last year I would only work between one and a half and three days a week because my little one Sampi was at preschool but now she is in kindergarten and she goes four and a half days a week and that was something that I kept thinking that there's never enough time this is the season so let's find pleasure in the fact that I'm privileged enough I get to spend time with my child and run my business and the next season will give me more time but I think having that cyclic approach definitely helps with your relationship of time again it's not linear it's always fresh opportunities and I also love that you said that like the embodiment piece and there's so much pleasure like you find different avenues of pleasure and different ways to embody pleasure depending on the season of your, your cycle I'm, that's a big part of my pleasure potential and how I activate is just knowing where I'm at in my cycle because say when I'm ovulating, that's when I want to hang out with friends and be more social. And like you said, go on little adventures with your family. But obviously when I'm menstruating, I don't want to do that. It's like resting being alone, having James take the out, having the apartment to myself, like that is pleasurable. So there's mm. so much power in that awareness piece. And that's why your work is so, so important, particularly combining the feminine embodiment and the psychic like, work. It's just absolutely delicious. And I'm so glad that there are people like you out there in the world doing this powerful work. So before we wrap up, Charlotte, I'd love for you to share, like, where can my listeners find out more of your work for you? I know you've got the Wildflow podcast, which is an amazing podcast of solo episodes and guest episodes, but where else can everyone find you?
1: Mm, thank you. And if people listening haven't heard the episode with you on my podcast, go back to season one and find that. That was an amazing conversation. I'm on Instagram a lot, that's my primary place. It's at charlotte.puanto.coach is my username. I've got a free Facebook group as well, which is called the Wildflow Circle. I've got a couple of things coming up later in the year as well, which I'd just love to share. One is another round of the first moon facilitator training. So that's for people who want to, to kind of share this work with children, but really learning it for yourself as well, unpacking your relationship with your womb and your cycle, and then also sharing sacred circles to educate children. And another one is a group program that I'll be sharing called Cycle Sorcery. That's really an exploration into this cycle approach and the embodiment and how they fuse together, like what we've been talking about, finding your own kind of magic in that, finding what's true for you, understanding your cycle, how you experience that, stepping into your power through this understanding of what your gifts and your strengths are and helping you to really embody that in life and work and relationships. So... love and lead with your cycle this approach so that's going to be kicking off mid-year so just got a wait list for that as well so if anyone fancies joining that that'd be amazing but come and join the wait list amazing cycle sorcery what an amazing name for a container oh i love that i love that
0: well thank you so much for coming and joining us on the feminine business school podcast and sharing all of your wisdom it's so deeply valued and yeah thanks again
1: Thanks so much for having me. I've just loved this conversation and love everything that you're doing.
0: Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Hopefully, you enjoyed it and you received some tips and takeaways, or maybe a major aha. And if you did, please leave me a quick five star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. I'd be so, so grateful. And if you'd like to connect, just come and say hi. DM me over on Instagram. You can find me at Ainsley Young. I'll speak with you soon.